Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by Visa. We all have things we like to think about. Online fraud shouldn't be one of them. Because with every purchase, Visa prevents, detects, and resolves online fraud. Safe, secure, Visa. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, staff writer here at HowStuffWorks.com. With me, as always, is Charles Chuck Bryant, also staff writer here at HowStuffWorks.com. What up, staff writer Chuck? Well, Josh, I think as you can see, I'm just uh, snuggled up with my real doll here. Samantha. I did notice, Chuck. I wasn't going to bring it up. Right. She is a looker. She I'll, is. I'll give you that. Um, but she is, what, polyethylene, maybe? Uh, I don't ask. You don't? And she doesn't answer, so it works I, out I'm great. Sh- I'm sure she doesn't. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, a movie um, I haven't seen yet. I've been told uh, by several people to definitely see it. Lars and the Real Girl. Yep, I've seen it. It's really good. How is it? It's a good little indie. It's got Ryan Gosling, who's a really great actor. No, and, uh, no spoilers, Chuck. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Okay, go ahead. But the, the, the basic plot outline is that uh, he plays this lonely guy who gets a real doll. and It's a real girl doll, right? Is yes. That is that what they're called? And... Uh, and I had asked Samantha, but she wouldn't answer. Um, and so he has this doll, and the, and the town kind of just accepts it as uh, being his girlfriend. And it's worth seeing. Yeah, it's really, it sounds really creepy, but it's actually kind of a sweet movie. Well, you know, that's uh, that's actually not too far off um, from what some people are predicting is, is going to be uh, part of the future of humanity. Right, not um, too far off at all, actually. R- Robot-human weddings. Right. Um and we're not even talking real girls here. We're talking about real girls that like move Super and talk deluxe and real girls. Yes, exactly. Um, and apparently there's this guy named, uh, David Levy, who is, a, uh, I think some sort of futurist, maybe a roboticist, but he, he wrote a paper, um, based on research he did in philosophy, um, sexology, which to tell you the truth, until I, I read his article, um, I didn't realize it was an actual discipline. Um, robotics, of course, all sorts of other stuff. Uh, sexology is like the greatest word ever. Right. It sounds like an MTV show. Not it does. A, yeah, not it definitely a real does. Or like a, a drink you get in Cancun. Right. Um, so Levy combines all these disciplines together and comes up with the uh, notion that by 2050, um, some states, starting with Massachusetts, he posits, uh, right. will allow human robot Weddings, marriages. I know. Legally it, recognized. Yeah. In fact, I believe he said, quote, it is inevitable. Yes, he did. Uh, even before that, though, uh, another roboticist predicted that by 2011, which you're not too far off from, uh, people will be having sex with robots. Right. Which, I mean, once you start having sex with something, it you somebody eventually wants to marry it. We are a moral species. Yeah, you could argue that we're not. But, yeah, generally you're right. Just like in Lars and the Real Girl, he... A lot of respect for his real doll. Okay, and I, I don't want to ruin it. for Please you. don't, Chuck. I'm but serious. it was it was a relationship based on, if not mutual, at least one way respect. Right, right. But um, with with this, it's uh, it's with a robot, it's going to be much more um, mutual. I don't know about necessarily feelings for for robots. Right. I don't think we we're going to reach that point, but it will appear a lot more mutual. Right, because they can program respect, or at least things that you can say that would indicate respect. Right, right. Now, um. 
one of the things that's that's leading the way that's going to be allowing things like uh, robots that people would want to have sex with or marry um, is like this uh, this skin that's being developed. There's a, a guy who used to work for Disney who's a roboticist who uh, created this skin that bunches and wrinkles. And right. when you have lifelike skin, you can convey emotions through lifelike facial expressions right right uh once you start having that you you've got a really realistic looking robot yeah i don't think i'll ever go to the hall of presidents again with the same uh eyes no exactly abraham lincoln yeah the head of abraham lincoln (laughs) right um this whole this whole issue of possibly marrying robots and definitely having sex with robots uh has has brought uh to the attention of some people uh, the concept of robot rights. You know, right. Have you heard of robot rights? I mean, the movement behind it? Yeah, I know Japan was, is kind of at the forefront of this whole thing. They are now, but they were lagging for a little while. Um, at first it was just South Korea, um, and Europe. Basically, uh, Japan was, uh, conspicuously absent from the table and right. they're they're at the forefront of robotics they needed to be there so they finally sure. caught up and now they're they're all about robot rights right um and it, a lot of people are kind of like what is this why would we even have robot rights this is ridiculous this is silly uh and to those people uh proponents of robot rights say you ever heard of animal rights uh yeah i've heard of that isn't that technically you know a silly idea in the same vein but if you if if you really think about it, these are animals, but we've we humans have established rights for how right. we interact with them, how we allow them to interact sure. with us, and it's accepted now. And I think right. a lot of people years ago might have thought the same thing about animal rights, right? As so, they do about robot rights, right? And and I think um, with robots, especially with robots that can give like a lifelike appearance, we're, we're really awful things are going to come out of humans. Sure, you know, like if if you have a a robot that can. Uh, recoil in horror or wince in pain, there's going to be people out there who are going to want to like kill them like a drifter or something like that. Right. The potential for abuse is big and it's, yeah, it's real abuse big. on a robot, but there's still something sociopathic about it. Definitely. But I, I predict that once, um, lifelike robots are available, um, and produced on mass, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of awful stuff. Yeah. And I think that it's good that we're preparing for this now because I think the first half of the 21st century is going to see an explosion in advancements in robotics. Yeah, I think uh, South Korea said a robot in every house by the year 2020. Yeah, and that same year, actually, the U.S. has said that it plans to uh, uh, supplement one-fifth of its uh, battalions with robots. Right. Which raises a whole other question. I mean, like... Do robots that um, kill people are designed to kill people? Are they afforded any kind of rights? Should they exactly? Should they be free from harm? That kind of thing. Right. It's really it's it's too much for my brain, to be honest. <laughs> Let me get in the driver's seat here, Chuck. No problem. Uh, so basically, uh, w- the main argument is that no, uh, a, a robot that's programmed to kill should be able to have harm done to it. Right. Most robots that we're going to interact with aren't going to be designed to kill. Uh, if you see a robot that you know is designed to kill, you should turn and run really fast. Sure. Because um, it only is programmed to do one thing. Right. Yeah. Kill. 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 Um, so most of the robots we're going to interact with will be uh, helping around the house. Sure. Uh, serving in the sex trade. Right. Um, they already have those, not the sex trade, although they may. 
But, you know, the little, the robots that clean the floor mm-hmm. and that do things like that. Well, yeah, the Roomba and the, the yeah. Scuba and all that, that, that kind Same of concept. Thing. Right. These things are going to look a lot more lifelike. Right. Like and if you want one that looks like beer. Mrs. Doubtfire, right. you can have Mrs. Doubtfire working for you. Right. If you shell out enough cash. So let's say you, you have, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire as a household robot and Mrs. Doubtfire is bringing you a hot cup of coffee. Uh, unfortunately, Mrs. Doubtfire trips and uh, spills the hot coffee on you, uh, and you get up and react by smacking Mrs. Doubtfire across the face. Right. Should you be penalized for that? Should you be punished? Right, and I think that's what Japan and some other South Korea are trying to work out are the parameters of what's allowed and what's not allowed and uh, whether or not robots should have rights just like you and I. Right. Now, let's say Mrs. Doubtfire um, doesn't trip, uh, but she walks up to you and pours the hot coffee on you. Right. Who's responsible for that? Uh, what's the, the manu- legality behind it? Yeah, the it? manufacturer of the robot. In my mind, I'm no lawyer. Right. Well, the, they no one has any idea. All these questions right. are totally up in the air right now, and they're trying to hammer them out. Um, and, and the whole thing kind of goes both ways, actually. Uh, humans are going to also need protection from robots, which is where uh, Mr. Isaac Asimov comes in, right? Yeah, science fiction writer uh, Isaac Asimov, I think, first... Uh, he was really one of the first people to talk about robots and humans living together and uh, getting along or mm-hmm. not getting along. Right. And uh, he established the three laws of robotics, I think, in one of his short stories. Uh, Runaround, I think. Yeah, Runaround, which was actually in a collection of short stories called I, Robot, which Will Smith, as you know, made into a pretty substandard film. <laughs> yeah. Which he borrowed from a couple of these, and he actually used the three laws of robotics. They, they refer to those in the film as well. You want to give him the three laws? I will. Uh, a robot may not injure a human being uh, or, through an action, allow a human to come to harm. True. Great first law. Yeah. Uh, a robot must obey orders given given it by humans, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And uh, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Right. And the, the these laws just sound like there's no way around them. Yeah. I was um, reading a, a critical analysis of Asimov, um, and basically the, the author pointed out that I, I don't think he didn't think Asimov thought these things were watertight. He basically used to like to uh, use them uh, as a theme to show how even these really great cohesive uh, closed system laws could right. screw up. Um, which is why nobody's going to go to Asimov to figure out how to program robots in the future. No. But we do need some some level of protection. Like, um, are robots just kept from interacting with humans altogether? Like, a robot cannot touch a human. Is that something that that we would do? Right. Um, there's and there's already you know there's been casualties. Um, there's been death by robots happened already. Uh, the first one happened in like 1982 when a guy uh, was crushed on a factory line by, you know, a big robotic arm. Right. Sort of like the Terminator. Pretty, not really, but yeah, kind (laughs) of. And then since then, a lot of people have died, actually. One one guy, the worst death by robot that I've heard so far was um, uh, a guy had a, a enough of an amount of molten aluminum poured on him by a robot that it killed him. Wow. I wonder if he was trying to make a little robot buddy. I don't, I don't know. Maybe no. so. We're Just hoping not. Sounds because like a bad we are accident. talking about industrial robots. The thing is, is these are isolated incidents. But what happens when there is a robot in every house in not only Korea, but the world? These accidents could step up quite a bit. Exactly. And, you know, we need to figure out 
uh, how to how to address them now before it happens. Right. Um, and also, I think a lot of roboticists are really worried about the moment when robots are equipped with systems that allow them to learn. Right. Right when that happens, they lose all predictability whatsoever, and and we won't be able to tell what they're about to do, what they won't do. They'll, they'll be as, they'll be as unpredictable as humans. And you know, uh-huh. when you're on the subway with somebody you don't really trust, you you got your like you know, your muscles tensed in your ribs for a knifing. You know. Right. Well, the same thing would happen with uh, humans and robots. And I think so. It'll probably be even a little more creepy because. While humans are unpredictable, robots, you don't know what they're programmed to do if it's not your robot. So Right. And also there's also issues of morality that would factor into that. Um, you know, you like to think that most humans um, would stop themselves from stabbing you even if they wanted to. Right. Because they have some, some sort of moral judgment. Sure. How do you program morals into robots? Right. You know, um, it's... Uh, it's a very big, sticky ball of questions. It is. I have to say, I am pretty glad that the, the, the people who are trying to figure this out now are figuring it out now. Right, and they're a than, lot smarter than I am. Exactly. It's it's kind of one of those situations where I, you I just would, kick back and say, go to it. Yeah, I would have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they won't use their uh, advantage to make us their slaves, though. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah, I agree. So uh, that's about that for robot marriages, but there's even more in the article that I wrote on the site, Will Robots Get Married on HowStuffWorks.com, and stick around to find out how to get water from a beach if you're ever stranded on a deserted island, right after this. Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by Visa. We all have things to think about, like, say, what's the best site to buy a new leather jacket? Or whether to buy the 3 or 6 megapixel camera? But thankfully, we don't need to think about online fraud, because for every purchase you make, Visa keeps an eye out for fraud, with real-time fraud monitoring, and by making sure you're not liable for any unauthorized purchases. How's that for peace of mind? Safe. Secure. Visa. Way to stick around. It may save your life. So, Chuck, I'm going to tell these people. I already know you know how to do this because it's based on one of your articles. But uh, I'm going to tell everybody how to get water out of a beach on a deserted island. Right. It's called a beach well. Yeah. And it can come in really handy if you're, you know, like a castaway. A castaway. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead and let them know. I will. So, basically, you you find a sand dune, right? Right. And uh, right behind it, you dig about a three to five foot hole. That's deep, right? Or wide? Uh, deep. Okay, three to five feet deep. Probably about a foot wide, just okay. so you can reach down in there. If you can, you want to line the sides of the uh, hole with wood to keep it from collapsing. You want to place some rocks in the in the bottom of it, right? Yep. And uh, you basically just walk away for a few hours, right? Right. You come back, and presto, you've got about five gallons yep. of pure water right there. Presto changeo. It's not salt water. Um, no. And you recommended in the article that it was, uh, if it was a little salty, just move back a little further. Right. And if you have a uh, size 12 foot and you ever find yourself stranded on a desert island, just measure off 100 feet and start digging there. That's what Chuck recommends. Right. And drink out of your shoe. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Also, you can find a myriad other ways to save your own life, uh, not only in Chuck's article, How to Find Water in the Wild, but on the Adventure Channel uh, on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?